Today's episode is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com slash adventures in autism. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Hi everyone, welcome to Adventures in Autism, episode 122. I am Megan Carranza, thank you so much for coming to listen. If it is your first episode, welcome, so happy to have you. And if you've been listening, thank you so much for coming on back to the show. And Happy New Year, we are officially in 2021. Definitely hoping that we are leaving all the bad stuff behind in 2020. Um, maybe wishful thinking, but definitely positive thinking for sure. Uh, which positive thinking is a good way to kind of lead into today's episode. I have been wanting to do a mental health episode for a while now. And I am very lucky because my best friend, Amy, is actually a licensed clinical therapist. And I definitely had to talk her into this a little bit. <laughs> it was outside of her comfort zone. But she is an amazing therapist. I have definitely benefited. Obviously, she's a wonderful friend to me. We've been friends since like high school, since probably our freshman year of high school. So she's a wonderful friend. I'm so lucky to have her. Um, And I just, her being a therapist, even though she's not my therapist, she always gives me wonderful advice. And we'll get into that on this episode. Some of the little kind of like nuggets she's given me in all of our years of friendship. Um, So we just basically talk about like strategies for dealing with stress and anxiety and just kind of the day-to-day stuff. I think this is really an important episode, honestly, for anybody, because I think mental health is one of those things that we all need to be conscious of, even if you, you know, don't deal with major depression or anxiety issues, which personally I don't, I still think making your mental health a priority is so important, which I mean, for me, I just in the last few months have started going to therapy and it's been super beneficial. I think in the past, there definitely has been that stigma of, you know, kind of getting help in terms of mental health or thinking like you had to be in a deep depression to go to therapy. And I I don't think that's the case at all. I think that it really should just be a part of like our typical self-care is like checking in with ourselves in, in terms of mental health. And that's a lot of what we talk about today. This isn't, you know, an episode that I want anyone to look at as like medical advice. And we really don't dive into any like serious depression or, or things like that. I mean, obviously if that's something that you're struggling with, my advice would be to reach out to your doctor, to, to start therapy, to, you know, just be proactive and reach out to those avenues that you do have. And also I'm always here for anybody if they need to talk. So I'm going to let the rest of the episode (laughs) play out. Amy is wonderful. She is an amazing therapist and I think she gives such great advice. We have some listener questions we answer and I just think there's a lot of, of like little kind of pearls of wisdom. And like I said, I share some of the things that she's taught me over the years that I still use all the time. We did have a little bit of a connection issue towards the end. There's more of a delay, but everything she says comes through crystal clear. And I still think that like the message of this episode is, is so, so important. So I really wanted to get it out. So without further ado, I hope you enjoy listening to my conversation with Amy. 
Hi, Amy. Welcome to Adventures in Autism. Hi. How are you? I'm good. So this is interesting because, so Amy is not only a clinical therapist, which we will get into all of this in the episode, but she's also my best friend of honestly, what, like 20 years more? Gosh, I don't know. That makes me feel super old. Yeah. <laughs> we went to high school together. We Yeah, a long time. Yes. We've, we've had a, a very long friendship. Um, and she's also like such an amazing support to me through really the whole motherhood journey. Amy and I had our, our little boys, Logan and her son, Carson are nine days apart. So we were like pregnant together at the exact same time. And we did like all that baby stuff together, but then our journey veered left. (laughs) (laughs) Yours kind of kept going on the straight and narrow. Um, But the whole time, when we were sort of like navigating at first it was like navigating everything with early intervention and then you know getting into looking into the autism diagnosis you were always so supportive and you've just continued to be that oh thank you yes thank you well and and something just for people listening amy and i never call each other by our first names we call each other friend so i will probably (laughs) refer to you as friend it it feels weird for me to say amy yeah Um, i know i will call you friend uh i'll I'll try to call you amy but we'll see what happens so if i call all right right. we've uh, again the whole time we've been friends we've always just referred to each other as friend (laughs) that is true Yes, but you you have been just an absolutely amazing friend to me. Um, let's let's maybe start there just to give a little bit of backstory because I okay. do have people listening who, you know, maybe it's not them specifically who have a child in the spectrum, but maybe it is their friend or I have a lot of family members that listen or even like professionals like you. Mm-hmm. What was it like for you, kind of being on like the support side of things, like back in those early days with me and them? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, first of all, I think you are also an amazing and supportive friend. So right back at you. Um, yeah, I, you know, it was hard. I think, you know, I, I'm was grateful that I did have my background and I think I would like to think that helped a little bit, but, um, it's also, you know, I, I didn't have like my professional hat on mm-hmm. most of the time with you. I had my, my friend hat on. So, um, it, it was, it was hard to see you going through that. Um, and I think, I think that one of the hardest parts for me, and I wonder if like you have listeners, um, who feel the same is it was just hard for me to navigate uh, what, how I could best support you. And I feel like there was one time I even just like said to you straight out, like, what can I do to best support you? Um, I don't know if you remember that. I don't. What was my answer? <laughs> I don't, I honestly don't know. I think you were like, I don't know, friend. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But I, but I, but I do think that, um, that that's just like a good question to remember to ask is because, mm-hmm. you know, um, I, I think sometimes you can, you can think what you want to give that person. You can think what they might need. Um, and I'm sure I did at think at times you wanted validation or you wanted uh, normalization or, you know, you wanted all these things that I don't really know if it was helpful or I was just doing the best I could. So I think that that's a really good thing to remember is just don't be afraid to ask your people, like, how can I best support you? What do you need? What can I do for you today? Um, Just check in, you know, Mm -hmm. I'd like to think I did that for you. I hope I did. 
You, you definitely did. And you were really good at that because I know like for me, I'm someone who really likes to talk things through and not everybody is like that, but I did like a sounding board a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. And I mean, obviously you as a professional are a great sounding board, but again, (laughs) more so you're my friend and we had been, you know, going through so many of these kind of like life adventures together. And like I said, we kind of went on one path and Mm -hmm. it did feel really like isolating. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people listening can relate to that when you have friends who, you know, they have typical children and all of a sudden what was things that you were doing together all of a sudden felt very different and you you know, can feel really lonely in that. But mm-hmm. what's really helpful was that I never felt like excluded by by you or really anybody. I always felt like we were still included in part of the conversation, even if the things that we were talking about were different. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that's so important because I do think a lot of times when someone's going through something hard, your your first kind of instinct is to be like, well, not like shove it under the rug, but kind of be like, I don't, I don't know if we want to get into like the heavy, like, yeah, cause it's uncomfortable sometimes for yeah, sure. Absolutely. And so, yeah, you have that idea of like, I want to keep things light and keep things fun. And that's, that's great. And maybe that day somebody would need a distraction, but kind of like how you said, going back to like, how can I support you right now? How can I be there for you? And maybe they will say, I don't really want to talk about it. I just want to like carry on right now and and that's fine but if they say you know I I just need someone to kind of vent to right that's fine too yeah and I think you know things I've done too or I I I try to do is just to even you know sometimes they don't know sometimes you know how can I best support you Uh, maybe they don't know maybe it's like they've got too much on their plate to try to think about that answer um but so then you just I think I would just say, and I think I even did say to you, like, all right, well, I'm going to call you every day and I'm going to ask you how you're doing every day. And if you don't want to talk about it, be like, I don't want to talk about it right now, Amy. And mm-hmm. that's fine. Like, I wouldn't be offended by that, you know, but I just want you to know I will be there if you need me. Yeah. Um, and so just really not be afraid to to be honest and and have those hard conversations. And I think I think there's it's hard for for both of us. I would there'd be times I'd want to ask you questions or I'd want to talk with you about things, but I didn't want to bring it up if you weren't thinking about it or make you feel, you know, and, and, and I think there's that like, you know, kind of awkward dance where we recognize we're in different places and how do we still connect and support each other. And so I think just being able to be vulnerable and open and talk about it is really kind of the best path yeah, to get there. I, I totally agree. And I think what you said about telling the friend, like, okay, well, I'm going to, I'm going to check in with you and, even if you don't want to talk, that's fine, but I'm going to continue to check in. Mm-hmm. I think that's probably like the best thing you can do. Cause you're just leaving the door open mm-hmm. and letting that person know, like I'm, I'm here for you when, when you need it. Right. Right. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, well, again, you really always were so supportive. I'm sure we'll get into that more as we kind of chat and talk about our listener questions. Um, but kind of talking more about like you and your background, obviously again, I've known you since high school. And I actually remember you used to always say that you wanted to major in psychology. You were Mm -hmm. interested in it and you totally like went for it. And I mean, like, it's it's really amazing because most people don't know that early. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. So what initially drove you to pursue this career? And then now actually like practicing and 
in, in these different roles. Talk a little bit about like your actual title and kind of what comes with all that. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, I did. I remember there was an AP psychology class back in high school that I took and I just was fascinated by it. I, I don't know. I've just always been interested in people. I've always been really interested in the mind and the brain and the connection and, um, what, you know, what, what motivates, what motivates people and all that kind of stuff. Um, I still like totally geek out over it. I'm a total nerd, but, um, I, I was really into that. So yeah, I went for it. I loved my classes in college even more. And I had a, um, a great guidance counselor that suggested I do it clinically. I guess I always thought I was, I really liked psychology and maybe I would be a teacher. Maybe I would teach it, um, which I still am interested in maybe doing one day, but, um, I went the clinical route. So I went to grad school and I got my master's in clinical psychology. Um, and so I am a licensed clinical professional counselor. Um, I, which just means that in the state of Illinois, I can, um, uh, be an independent therapist. I can practice on my own. Um, and that is, is similar to, you know, like there's a lot of different terms. I think people hear out there like psychologist, uh, psychotherapist, therapist, counselor, a lot of those are interchangeable. I am not a psychologist. I will not give myself that much credit. That would be getting a PhD. <laughs> I did not get that. Um, but, but, you know, psychologists um, also can perform psychotherapy or, or outpatient mental health therapy like I do. Um, and I think the biggest distinction maybe would be like uh, for medication. I do not prescribe medication. That mm-hmm. is a psychiatrist. So I will work Um, or I did work hand in hand with psychiatrists, um, often will share clients because I will be doing, I would do like the weekly psychotherapy and then I would um, refer them to a psychiatrist for their medication. Yeah. I think that's a really important distinction. We have been working with a psychiatrist for Logan's medication. Well, you know, for the past several months now, and I, I still get a lot of questions about like, how we went about getting the medication. And initially we were working with this pediatrician, but I really do think it's so mm-hmm. beneficial to work with an actual psychiatrist because they just like really know their stuff. They're so much more like up to date on all the medications and just what's out there. But I think it's- yeah. they're so much more specialized too. That's, I totally agree with you. Anyone who's an MD mm-hmm. can prescribe medication, obviously, but I, I agree. I think it can be really useful to, you know, that's what they're mm-hmm. specialized to do. It's what they're, and not that pediatricians don't know what they're doing, but yes. Yeah. They're more Again, general. I agree with you when you say specialists, that's what I always say on the show. Like if they're not a specialist, they're just like really not, that's, it's just not their area of expertise, but I like what you said about, you know, mm-hmm. working with this, the psychiatrist, because I think, you know, as a therapist, then you're really giving the backstory because where the psychiatrists don't necessarily understand everything is they're, they're not doing you know, like you, we may be checking with Logan's psychiatrist, like every couple months. Whereas like, if you're doing weekly therapy, mm-hmm. obviously you're going to have a way better idea of what's actually going on day to day. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's, you know, and that's all the credit to the psychiatrist that I used to work with too. You know, it's, it's great when the two professionals can link up and really put the client first and, um, and do that because it, it was, it's great for me too, to, to get the information that, you know, I, I would hear from the client what their, what their um, medication, how their doses changed or, you know, um, what, what they were doing, but it's always great to actually speak with the, 
the other professional. Well, that's something that I talk about a lot too, is just like having that communication with like the whole team because there's a parts, but the more Mm -hmm. we can get everybody connected and talking, I just think the more beneficial that is to, you know, the child or whoever it is that you're working with. Absolutely. Totally. Uh, Well, that's very interesting. And now you don't, obviously you don't, your specialty is in autism, although you did work with a lot of kids. No. Yes. So I, um, yes, I am a licensed clinical professional counselor. I am not currently practicing. Um, Pretty much right out of grad school, I got a job at a private practice and I was there for almost nine years. Um, I specialized with kids and teens for really the majority of my time there. Um, Although towards the end, I started moving more into adults just (laughs) because I had a lot of I had a lot of kid time at home and doing play therapy at work and then pretty much coming home and feeling like I was doing play therapy at home. That was just a lot of play. (laughs) Um, So I, yeah, I moved towards working with um, teens and adults and really did a whole bunch of different areas um, that I worked with Mm -hmm. that I started to enjoy. Um, But yes, I did start off really specializing with kids and teens and, and I loved it all. I've, I've not currently practicing. I, um, after my third was born two years ago, I took a very extended maternity (laughs) leave that I'm still on. (laughs) Um, And I, I can't wait to get back to work. I really, I feel so fortunate that I, I really genuinely love what I do. Um, But gosh, especially now with everything that happened, I feel like it was a blessing in disguise that I stepped away for a while. Um, to be a stay-at-home mom because I can't imagine working right now um, with everything that's going on. And, and I have a lot of admiration, ad- admiration for the parents out there that are doing yeah, both. Yeah, for sure. That's hard work. Um, I feel like that's a good place yeah. to start in terms of like, you know, just kind of like coping skills and dealing with stress. Because again, like I, I wanted to do this this mental health episode because I feel like as really like anybody, especially as parents, then again, as special needs parents, we just deal with a lot of stress. We deal going on. There's Mm -hmm. a lot happening. And obviously right now things are under extra pressure with. And yeah, very much Um, so. And so I feel like, I mean, we have some questions, so we'll get into more specifics, but just in like a general way, what do you think is like, best practice in terms of taking care of your own mental health? Got it. Okay. Um, well, I mean, I guess there's so many ways you can answer that. Right. But yes, heightened stress right now, everybody, I feel like everybody, you know, is under some amount of stress just because of COVID and the way the world is, but also, you know, it, there's a lot of life circumstances that have changed in Mm -hmm. in the past year. Um, so I think really the best answer to that is, you know, find, find something that works for you and, and stick with it. It, it really, there are, there's so much variation to what can work. Um, but in terms of mental health in general, I really like to like describe it at like analogy I like to use is that everyone seems to be like on, on board with, and like on understands that for your physical health, um, you know, you, you have, to, it's kind of like a process and it's, and it's a continual process. You're going to work on your whole life. It's diet and exercise. And there's a lot of variables that go into it. And you can't just one day say like, I'm going to, I'm going to do this thing. And then I'm going to be good for the rest of my life. Right. Um, and so 
I feel like I like to make that analogy for mental health. It's really something that you have to take time for and you have to work on. Yeah, Um, absolutely. Does that make sense? Yeah. And so um, I think just, just giving yourself time to check in with yourself and, um, you know, do a little, um, do a little internal, you know, wh- where am I at today? Where are my feelings at today? Where are my emotions at today is, um, is really important. And I don't think, or I don't know how often people are really doing that. Um, and then some, just some like basic um, stress reduction techniques that I think everybody could be doing um, are exercise and relaxation techniques. Um, and those two specifically, I think it's really interesting. This is where I get all like <laughs> geeky and nerded out. But there's there's a lot of there's a lot of research that shows that that like really works. Like there is a lot of research out there that will say that uh, doing 30 minutes of exercise or cardio a day um, has the same effects as um, an antidepressant will uh, physiologically in your brain. So the way your brain is going to respond to an antidepressant, there are similar effects to working out every day. And I think that's like powerful. I think that's mm-hmm. pretty cool. Um, so it, it might not be something that you necessarily, if you know, you, you work out, you are automatically like, oh, all my stress is gone. But know that there are changes that are happening that are, that are reducing your stress, that are giving off better feelings um, and, and helping your brain cope and manage that better. Um, and same with relaxation techniques. And that's like, those are so general. I feel like that can really be interpreted. However, anybody could best kind of fit it into their life or what works best for them. Um, Another one that I really like is deep breathing. Um, And that I think, you know, if someone's really stressed and you're like, oh, practice deep breathing, I think a lot of people will like roll their (laughs) eyes at it and be like, okay. Um, But that's another one that there's there's, um, evidence that it, I mean, it has like a physiological effect on your body. It has a calming, your it has a calming effect on your body when you do it. That's actually something I used to do with my clients. Um, I used to do it with my kids. I would make them to teach them like, okay, when you are anxious or when you're stressed, your body can react to that. And so to kind of teach them and show them um, how deep breathing could calm them down, I would have them stand up and do like 10 or 20 jumping jacks in the room because it would simulate your heart racing. And then we would talk about how feeling your heart racing or your heart pounding, you know, can, that's the way your body can respond when you're worked up or when you're anxious. And then I would have them immediately do deep breathing or with kids, I would say straw Mm. breathing. That's the way I would teach them because I'd have them do deep breaths in through their nose and then blow out through a straw um, to help like elongate the out the out breath. But anyway, it would, and then we would, we would watch their heart rate calm down and like anybody can do it. It's a simple exercise. It really is a good thing to teach your kids. Um, but it is just so fascinating. Like that truly can have an, a calming effect on your body. So if you can get in the habit of, you know, sitting down and having some quiet time and doing some deep breathing, um, and any, or any other kind of mindfulness practice, um, you know, taking a self inventory on a walk, going for a walk alone and just being alone with your thoughts, kind of seeing how you're feeling. Um, no, am I just rambling now? There's, there's so many different types yeah. of relaxation techniques, but, but truly they are so important. And I think, I think kind of the general, like, um, kind of the, what all of these, you know, the exercise and the relaxation and all that can kind of encompass is just taking time for yourself. Right. Just like, it's like dedicate, make a goal to spend 10 minutes a day, um, it to, mm-hmm. for your mental health. 
Yeah. Um, I, does that make sense? We're honestly okay. the first person who ever said the term self-care to me like years and years yeah. ago, probably when we were like in the, the throes of like waiting for the diagnosis or something like that when I was in a stressful time and just saying to you, like, I don't know what to do. Like, how do I get through this? And you were like, you need to prioritize self-care. And I'm like, what is that? I really, at that point, I really had no <laughs> idea what that even meant. Um, but I feel like what you're, everything you're saying as much as like, those are like how you said, like relaxation techniques, kind of like how you said, just, just checking in with yourself to me, that's like mm -hmm. some of the most important self-care you can do. Cause I feel like immediately we all think of, you know, like going to get a massage or going to get your nails done or something. And like that stuff's all great, but if your mental health isn't in a good place and you're not like working on that, you know, in a, in a real continuous way, those things are probably not going to be all that comforting to you, or you're not really going to enjoy them very much. Cause it's like, if you're in a, in a stressed out, anxious place, when like, like going to get your nails done, you're just going to be stressed out sitting there getting your nails done. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it maybe, yeah, yeah, it's, it's maybe. not like it's, it's a bad thing to do, but another thing that, that you taught me also that has been just a really good tool. You've given me a few really good tools um, is kind of the power of being able to compartmentalize your thoughts and sort of being like, this is mm. something that I, you know, if it's like a difficult, stressful, something that's going on in your life and kind of telling yourself like, okay, I have, you know, a whole day I need to get through, or I have these couple tasks I need to get through. And I really need to focus on that right now. And basically just like putting whatever stressful thoughts you have or it, like situation that's happening, kind of like putting that in a box and being able to focus on the task at hand. And I feel like, again, that was something mm -hmm. that I never even like, I always just felt like I had like, you know, all, all this stuff like jumbled up in my head. I didn't realize like, oh, I can really like sort out my thoughts and it's not like it's easy to mm -hmm. do, but it, it gets easier with time if you're kind of practicing that. Because again, I think as parents, we all have like so much going on all the time and we don't have the luxury very often to like fall apart because we have to, you know, continue taking care right. of our kids and, and doing life. So it's kind of like telling yourself, okay, how can I compartmentalize this and just like put it in the box and then come back to it later? And I think that the coming back to it oh. later is really important because yes, um, I, I, I totally agree that. And, and what I think another, you know, what you're, what I hear you kind of saying is really just learning that you, that you have power over your thoughts, right? Like they don't, mm -hmm. they don't have to control you. Yeah. And that, um, I think that's another thing that is, is a really important thing to kind of come and, and the, it's, you know, a lot of this stuff sounds so general um, it, because it really, there is like no, there's no magic. I, I used to say this to just some of my clients, you know, like it, there's, I don't have a magic wand. I wish I did. Like, you know, there's no magic answer to, to fix and solve everything. It, it and that sometimes is scary and hard, you know, it's not there. It, it, the idea of having to do work to get to where you want to be sometimes is overwhelming, but it, but it does work and it, and it doesn't have to be scary and you can do it little by little. Um, and I was going to say too, um, for, in terms of stress reduction, 
I think that um, mm-hmm. journaling is a great place to start. Like you, I feel like are really good at being aware of your feelings, um, which is, and so like, you can be like, okay, I have all these feelings I'm aware of. I, I, I can't deal with them all right now. I've got to do X, Y, and Z. I'm going to, you know, be in charge of them. I'm going to put them away for a little while and I'll come back to them at a time mm-hmm. when I can really process them. That's amazing. I don't think everybody always is so aware of what, you know, they, they can just have feeling overwhelming feelings of I'm just anxious or I'm just stressed or I'm just, uh, you know, there's, and, and they don't, they really can't pinpoint what it is that they want to, you know, kind of put away for now and what it is they want to focus on. So um, I think journaling is a really great place to start. And it is also something that just sounds simple or maybe cliche, but it really can help you kind of build awareness or, you know, if you really dedicated, do it every night um, and do it for at least a month or a couple months. And even if you just wrote down like one or two sentences, like make, give yourself a simple goal, something that you know, you'll do. It doesn't have to be like, you know, you write a whole story every night. Um, And there are so many awesome journals you can buy out there too, that are prompted if you're someone who struggles to just like sit down and write. Um, But it can really help you identify like what, what are, you know, oh gosh, there's a pattern of I'm writing about this certain event every day, or this particular thing is really, you know, coming up a lot in my journals. And so you can kind of more pinpoint where your stressors stressors are. And then those feel kind of less overwhelming. Those feel more like, okay, I'm not just anxious in general. It's really, most of my anxiety is around this like one thing. And then it just feels like, okay, I can, I can, I can, be more in control of that. That's something I can manage mm-hmm. more easily. Um, because I sometimes I yeah. think it's hard for no, people to No, I think that's really good advice. And it's, it's interesting because, um, I mean, you know this. I, I don't journal now. I've, I've thought about it recently, but I, for years, I journaled. I have like notebooks mm-hmm. and notebooks full that I should seriously burn because I would be like horrified if I ever read them. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah. I have some teenage journals well, myself. I'm scared to go back started. and read. I journaled from like <laughs> teenage years ba- through like my mid to late twenties. Um, I haven't time, but I, yeah. I do think that that practice of journaling is what helped me become more aware of my feelings because I, I mean, I've, I'm someone who's like always been, I think I'm just like an emotional person and I'm in touch with those emotions, but kind of like how you said Mm -hmm. learning that you do have control of your thoughts I feel like some of that came from just like understanding like where all my thoughts were coming from and I do think that journaling is really good just process all those Mm -hmm. feelings I I also I totally agree with you and I think in in combination with just using journaling to, um, explore more and to kind of navigate or even just, you know, if, if sitting, I'm someone who can sit there and just like have a talk with myself and, and explore my feelings because I, I too, I think I'm, it, I've just always been that way. And I think you're someone like that too, but I, I do know that it's hard for people to identify what their feelings are sometimes. And so I love the journaling for that. I also love journaling because I think it's something that I've been doing a lot recently and I've, I've been doing it on and off for years and I think it really is helpful. And I think it can be like a powerful perspective shift for dealing with people um, when they're really stressed or they're really anxi- uh, have a lot of anxiety or down is journaling um, mm-hmm. like a gratitude journal. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have to be anything big. Did I do this with you? Did we do the three G's? Were you someone I, I asked to do that with? No, but I else? did have like, 
I, again, I didn't necessarily keep up with it. Um, I think, I think a gratitude practice is so important and I've had, yeah, not necessarily a journal. I mean, I'll literally even like make a note in my phone if I'm like having a, t- yeah. I was just going to say, yeah, notes do it, it. It can be like, you know, I always say like, do, do it in a way that you're going to mm-hmm. f- have the most success, like set yourself up for success. So whether that's like a notebook by your bed or uh, leave your notebook by your coffee machine in the morning and like uh, give yourself a goal and hold yourself accountable to it. So I'm going to write down three things before I take my first sip of coffee every morning. Or yeah, if it's, you're someone who's going to do more, do it on the fly. Like when you're having a moment, you know, do it then do it on your notes in your phone. Um, but I always used to do it in the morning and I, and I will just, with my coffee, before I finish my first cup of coffee, I want to write down three things. And 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 I challenge myself to write down mm-hmm. three different things every day. Because mm-hmm. um, I think it's easy for people to be like, I'm grateful for my family or my friends or my home or my job. But it um, it's interesting and I think powerful to really every day be, okay, I'm grateful. I was grateful it was, yeah. the sun was out today. I'm grateful that, you know, I, I had... I bought new creamer that I really liked and it was delicious, you know, like you can really, you can really find so many things to be grateful for. And it can be really helpful and powerful when you are in a a state or you're feeling stuck in an emotion, when you're feeling stuck in, you know, some of those more negative feelings um, to kind of be that mindset shift to pull you away, to be like, there, there is still Mm -hmm. good happening in my life. There, there is, you know, that it doesn't, yes, yes, there is the stressful stuff and that is real. And at the same time, there's, there's good too. And, and I can pull away from the stress mm-hmm. and, and see the good. And that can be, yeah. that can be really And I think helpful. it's also good to reflect back on those. Like if I'm having a bad day or a bad, kind of, I'll just mm-hmm. keep them on my phone. Cause then I can look back at them and realize like, okay, yes, like this is sucky right now. But like, I, I know that I have all the mm-hmm. stuff that I, I think like, yeah, coming from a place of gratitude, I feel like, again, that's just kind of back to that like perspective shift that I think that's really powerful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Another one of the like coping strategies that you gave me. And I remember I, you know, this about me, I have terrible dental phobia. I'm really scared of the dentist. Dude, baby. Yes. Oh, you really are. Um, And I remember I (laughs) called you. I was on my way to the dentist and I was like really, really anxious and feeling so. Yeah. I remember this. Okay. So what you told me, and this is something that I, again, reflect on often. I think it's. I hope this was good advice. (laughs) I'm nervous. You said (laughs) to think about like something that is comforting to me. And that has like steps to kind of work through. So you used the example of, because you love to bake. You said will walk yourself through yeah. making your chocolate chip cookie recipe because you know that backward and yeah. forward and you will literally think like okay first I'm going to get the eggs and I'm going to get the sugar mm-hmm. and like gathering all your ingredients making the cookies putting them in the oven and I was like oh mm-hmm. that's really interesting and I don't I don't really bake that much but I love to cook so I'll do that with like a recipe and I'll think, okay, I'm going to, whether it's like a new recipe that I'm excited to try out, or if it's like one I've done a million times, like I'll think about with something like that. And again, like going through the steps of it and really thinking that out in your head, it's, it is sort of like, it's, it's like compartmentalizing in like a, 
yeah. it's a distraction technique. You're, you're yes. really, you're tricking yourself, but yeah, yeah. I can't oh believe God. you remember you, that. That's so I, funny. It is. It's a great, it's a great tool. It's a great distraction for, um, I, I, it, for when you're, when you're having a really strong feeling, um, and what it's doing is bringing your mind more from like your feeling mm-hmm. mind to your thinking mind. Well, mm-hmm. Where we really want to live is like in our, it, it's called our wise mind. It's our balanced mind. Um, and it's like, if you, it's, uh, oh my gosh, it's a diagram. I can't think of the name of right now. Um, oh, but like the two diagram? circles, what are the two circles? The... A Venn diagram. A what? Yeah. Oh yeah. A Venn diagram. Okay. So it's a Venn diagram. And it, so if you think of like your feeling mind and your thinking mind and in the middle is your wise mind, right? So like when you're driving to the dentist and you are just like having like a almost panic attack, like panicky thoughts about it, you're just like stuck to the back of your feeling mind or uh, like right on like that circle, like way to the edge of your, you know, in your feeling mind. And so doing some, you know, thinking about something like cooking for you is just going to help peel you off that wall and bring you more towards your, your balanced mind. And yeah, I'm, it is a great technique. So thinking it, and and I think that's just like a a good Mm -hmm. distraction technique too. I think something too, when you're feeling really anxious or when you're having really strong feelings is, um, to remember that, you know, the the goal might not be to to have that totally go away. So like I I feel like I worked with a lot of a lot of clients who dealt with anxiety and just a lot of people mm-hmm. in the world have anxiety in general. And mm-hmm. um the you know if if the goal is to never ha- be anxious ever again, like well that's <laughs> probably going to be really hard and you know <laughs> probably not very realistic. But if you um, you know, if you learn like, okay, my, I, you know, my anxiety can still be here and, and I can still go, I, you know, I can still go on with my day. Like I can be anxious, but I can still get, go to the dentist. I can still get my work done and I'll still be alive and, and I'll leave. Like you, you can start to like, learn, you have a little bit of power over that. And, and, you know, it's something, it's just another kind of mental trick that you can try to work with, which is like, in in it can be with grief or sadness too, you know, like I don't, I don't have to be experiencing zero grief or zero sadness mm-hmm. to leave my house too, you know, and it doesn't mean that it's easy, but it, it it's life can, can go on and I can continue to, to do things and, and even be successful, you know, carrying some of this with me. I can learn to yeah. have power. Over no, I, I think that's really good advice. Yeah. The, um, the distraction technique though, I not only do use that but I tell other people about it too <laughs> I, I, I'm <laughs> really just talking to Melissa about like I'm like listen this is what you to do because it, it honestly it is really helpful like you said just to kind of get yourself out of that that like mental because you're just on a hamster wheel when you're you know, that like anxiety yeah. anxiety time yeah. and just like anything to kind of take your mind off of it is is going to be helpful and like you said again I think it's, it's not, it's not like I'm going to take away my anxiety completely, but it's like I giving yourself that tool to kind of cope. Yeah. Yeah. Helping your, helping your mind focus on something else in the moment, in the moment, instead of that overwhelming feeling. That's so funny. I make Carson do that sometimes (laughs) at nighttime too. (laughs) Yeah. I hope it works for Melissa. Yeah. Um, Okay. Any other things you want to touch on as far as like general mental health before we get into these questions? Hmm. Um, I don't know, probably, but 
know. Is I, there anything else I we'll should We'll probably say? get into more with these questions too. So let's, let's figure. Okay. All right. So we'll start here. So the first question, and I, and I kept these anonymous just because I know some of them are, do get kind of personal. And I also reworded these a little bit. So if you hear your question, but it sounds different, it's just because I wanted to make it a little more general. Um, okay. So the first one is tips on finding the right therapist. Yeah. Ooh, I like this one. Okay. Um, well, yes, I guess my, my, the main thing I would say is Mm. just please don't give up. Um, so really I think most people nowadays will have bios online. Um, so it, I, I think the most important thing about finding the right therapist is having the right connection. Um, you could have someone who specializes in everything that you want to work on and you might go and mm-hmm. you might just not connect with that person. And that mm-hmm. is okay. Um, and that probably just means it's not the right therapist for you. And um, I, I, I just really want to urge people, please do not give up if that happens. I, I feel like I have heard so many stories of people going and they have that experience and then yeah. they're like, therapy wasn't for me. And I just, I want to like shout it to the world that that's not true. And, um, just to keep trying, because I think about finding someone that you can connect with is just truly the ultimate. And, and from a therapist perspective, like we can feel that too. You know, I I can, I can tell if I, if my clients are really not vibing with me. And, and I would say that at the beginning of all of my sessions, like I will be zero percent offended. If you do not feel after a few sessions, this is working, please, you know, tell me and I will help you find someone where you do feel like it's working with you. So, um, yeah, I think that's my number one. Um, but then if, if you're, you know, starting from scratch, like, where do you look, Mm -hmm. use the internet. It's a great resource. Um, and, and there are bios and people will say what they specialize in. Um, if, if you want therapist, you want someone who is a therapist is a probably, um, I don't know. No, I think is that who is really a good. A really good place <laughs> I to start. I, was I would say, because like my sister is seeing somebody now who was a recommendation from a friend, and I'm sure that that probably doesn't always work because every has like different, yeah. you know, different styles and different things that they're looking for in therapy. But I don't think it hurts if you're really starting from scratch and you have a friend who you know, like they talk really highly about their therapist. Like it wouldn't, it wouldn't be bad to you know have someone refer you. Um, or at least you can kind of vet out the situation and be like, okay, like when you talk to them, like, what do you like about them? Like stuff like that. Um, and, and she does all her calls, uh, like over the phone cause her therapist is in New Jersey. So I think that mm-hmm. is definitely an option and not only that, but I, like, so I just started therapy recently and my therapist, I also talked to on the phone and I feel like that's honestly kind of a nice place to start because it almost feels like more low stakes than like in person. Mm-hmm. So, cause the therapist, when I first started talking to her, she said the same thing that you did. She was like, if, if I, you know, not the right fit for you, she's like, that's totally fine. We can work with you and find somebody else. I actually, I felt totally fine with her. But I think part of that was because we were talking over the phone and we did do our first session. We did over Zoom just to kind of like sort of meet each other, so to speak. Um, But then since then, we've just only done phone calls. And I actually think that's been 
really nice. And I'm not saying it would work for everybody, but I think if you're, if you're just kind of like mm-hmm. starting out with therapy, it is sort of a, a nice introduction because again, it, it's a little bit less intense when you're talking to somebody over the phone as opposed to in person. Absolutely. And I think that, um, you know, I, I, I'm sure different places practice different ways. I used to always try to call and have, you know, I think sometimes you'll call someone and they'll just set you up with a therapist. Um, I used to try to call my clients before we even met just to get a little bit of information. And then you can, you can have that first conversation and hear their voice. And it does make it a little less scary when you meet them in person. Um, and I would advise people to don't be afraid to call practices and, um, or, or reach out to the therapist, even yourself over the phone and, and do a, a quick little, you know, ask them some questions and yeah, see how you drive with them. Um, it's, you know, the ball is totally in your court as the client and you have every right to kind of um, seek out what. Yeah. What is I like the idea of doing you. like a quick call beforehand, even just like as an icebreaker. I mean, that's yeah. And some, and you know, it, depending on if it's a bigger practice or if it's just like an individual therapist on their own, but you can even call intake coordinators and say, you know, this is what I'm looking for, or I'm looking for someone with this personality. And sometimes they will, they, they can help you, you know, guide you into, or like, these are the issues I really need to work on. Do you have mm-hmm. anyone who specializes in this? Um, and they can help match you with somebody who might be good for you. Then again, maybe they're going to match you with someone right. they think is good for you and you don't think that that's a good fit. Yeah, it really totally is so funny. individual. Must much like finding our, you know, kids therapist when we're like for listeners when you're looking for, right? you know, a, a speech therapist or an ABA therapist. Like if you if you don't feel comfortable on both ends, it's not going to work. And we just have to keep that in mind for ourselves totally. as well. Um, and and yeah, and and I just want to I really want to urge people to to keep trying because I think when you do find it. Like I, I know you recently have started with someone new and, and you think it's like so great. It, it really, it should be easy and it, <laughs> and it well, most of the time, <laughs> unless it's hard stuff. Um, but it, it can be so wonderful and so beneficial and it makes, I just don't want people to give up. Yeah. If they no, I, the I think that's fit. really good advice and really important. Um, okay. So the next question yeah. is how can I help someone cope with grief when they are having a hard time opening up? So kind of like how we talked about earlier this is sort of coming from like the support person dealing with grief Mm -hmm. what what are your feelings on that Mm -hmm. so when someone's having a hard time opening up um I guess it would be um you know don't be afraid to ask that person kind of like what we were saying before don't don't be afraid to ask that person like how, how can I be there for you um and um you know, let, let them, let them tell you what they're needing in Mm -hmm. that moment. Do they need space? Do they need, um, do they need someone to vent to? Do they need someone to just sit with, um, and ask them what they need and respect what they, what they say, but then don't be afraid to keep checking in, you know, and, and, and tell them that Mm kind of like we were saying earlier. Um, I think that, I think that a lot of times when there's big, hard stuff going on, people, they feel uncomfortable um, or they feel like they don't know what to do. And I think it, it's never wrong to, um, to ask and to keep checking in and to keep being there Um, because Mm -hmm. at most you're going to annoy the person, but, but the alternative would be that you Mm -hmm. wouldn't be there when you would really want to be. And so 
yeah, I think put the ball in their court and um, just ask them, how, how can I best support you right now? What can I do for you? And if they don't know in the moment, that's fine. Ask them again the next day or ask them again the next week. Um, And, you know, you can do it over the phone. You can text them. Sometimes it's easier if, you know, sometimes people can share more in writing or in person, or there's so many, you know, different people mm-hmm. can feel more comfortable opening up in different ways. Yeah. So you could try different I think approaches. Like, like you had said before, mm-hmm. just continuing to check in I, and letting them know like, okay, the door is open when you're ready to walk through it. Mm-hmm. With grief too, you know, it, the one thing that I think can be so powerful is, um, is mm-hmm. if, they could find a group, a support group. I just just think group therapy can be so wonderful, especially for people who are feeling isolated or people who are going through something really big um, to to go through with other people also going through it. Absolutely. um, Yeah. Can be really valuable. That's really good advice. Um, Okay. So the next question is on dealing with stress while pregnant and you have other kids. You and I can both relate to that. (laughs) (laughs) Good luck, girlfriend. That's what I'm going to tell you. (laughs) Obviously, oh goodness. Um, So, wait, what's the question? How to deal with a lot of that was stuff that we answered before with like the breathing techniques or journaling. Um, I also think and self care, giving yourself time, and truly giving yourself grace. I really think like this is something too that. I think for stress, um, I didn't say earlier, but I'm thinking of now. Um, remember, I, I feel like people, our society in general, we're like, we can be so much kinder to other people than we are to ourselves. <laughs> so to, to give, give yourself grace, if you are pregnant and you are also parenting, you've got a lot going on. Um, and remember that, you know, taking time away to take care of yourself, you're going to be a better mom for for your kids, you're going to be a better friend. You're going to be a better spouse. You're going to be, you know, better at everything. So give yourself grace, take that time for you. And remember that, you know, you're going to have days that are hard or you don't do your best. I was going to say that too. And in terms of like giving yourself grace, giving yourself a break where you can take it. Like I remember when I was pregnant with Layla and I was so exhausted in the afternoon and like Logan would finish ABA therapy and we would still have like several hours till you know, like dinner time, bath time, bedtime. And I, I was so just like wrecked mm-hmm. and exhausted. And literally every day I would put a movie on for the kids and we would all just like sit on the couch or I would give them their, their tablets or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this is just what I have to do right now. And that, and it was like, I just, mm-hmm. I, I, yeah. I was so like mentally and physically fried at that point. Like that was all I could do. Um, and I mean, were my kids like upset with me? No, <laughs> like whatever you can do to kind of like, you know, placate your right. kids or like make sure that they're, they're okay. And just like kind of give yourself that time to relax, I think is really important. Totally. Absolutely. And I think, yeah, I mean, that, that sounds like it was great. It was much needed self-care and relaxation for all of you guys. And I think there can be so much pressure and, and, uh, you know, the mom guilt we could do, I could, we could talk, you could probably do a whole episode on that. Um, But, you know, just, yeah, the, to do what you need to do to be the, the, the best parent that you can in the moment. And, and that, you know, 
there's there's going to be no right or wrong answer. And along with, um, you know, you're going to have bad days and messing up and forgive yourself the way that you would forgive a friend. You know, if if I if you would call me and be like, oh, my gosh, I, I you know, I feel like I didn't do a good job today parenting and I I lost it on my kids. I'd be like, oh, my gosh, Megan, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, everyone does that. No big deal. Um, but so, yeah, so that's treat yourself really good treat advice for sure. Okay, this one is yeah. how should I handle anxiety slash fear about my child's future? So this is definitely a tough one. I would like to hear your advice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think probably the best thing to do with that, which is it's also very hard. I think, uh, first of all, I want to normalize that. I think... Mm-hmm all Mm -hmm. parents experience that to some extent, um, regardless. And it's to try to stay present, try to be in the moment, try to use, um, some of those, um, coping skills, which are going to keep you from, you know, having all that anticipatory anxiety about the future. Um, don't let yourself go down the rabbit hole of where are they going to be in one year, five year, 10 years. Um, try to, be present and, and focus on, on things that are happening now. And, you know, I'm not sure exactly what that question is in regards to, but it, it not only staying present, but mm-hmm. staying present and focusing on the, the good that is now. Um, or even if you can try to have some perspective and think, you know, what, was there something one or two years ago I was really worried about and like, look, we're here now. And that thing is, is happening and it's okay, or that thing didn't happen. And, you know, so like try to use some perspective shift of like, you could worry mm-hmm. about something that may or may not even ever happen. I think that's really good and, advice. Um, yeah. If for me, I would say in terms of like autism, because I, that used to be probably mm-hmm. like the biggest thing I was scared of. I remember even on the very first episode, I can't remember exactly what I said, but I said something about that being like, I'm, I'm in a good place now, but when I think about the future, it's still really scary. And I wouldn't say I'm, I don't still have like, Mm -hmm. you know, that kind of fear of the unknown, but I know for me, since doing this podcast and connecting with so many parents who have adult children on the spectrum, and then also, you know, individuals themselves who are, who are on the spectrum, who are adults or, or I mean like teenagers, whatever it is, when we say future, that's a, a big span. But that has really brought me a lot of comfort because, again, that fear of the unknown, I think, is what's so scary. But kind of being like these other people with children who are, you know, whether they're like 12, 16, 20, 30, like seeing, okay, like they're just doing life. Kind of like how I'm doing it now. They're just at a different stage. Mm -hmm. I feel like that Mm -hmm. was really valuable to me and something that if I had maybe started like looking into connecting with people like that sooner I maybe would have not felt those fears as much um but totally and I think that too is like you exploring your fears right that's like you you were you were having anxiety about something and you were like I'm gonna I'm gonna explore Mm -hmm. this as opposed to like bottle it up yeah that's definitely and that's great like I said just just seeing you know, like we're, we're all just kind of at different stages 
like you said, appreciating the stage mm-hmm. that you're in now, but then kind of like looking forward and learning about those stages, like through other people, I think is really beneficial. Yeah. And um, I think too that, I mean, that's just something that all parents can relate to, right? Like I, I, I feel like I could sit up and spend yeah. too about where my kids are going to be or what they're going to do. And, you know, helping yourself to not get stuck in those, in those moments and those thoughts and just kind of come back to the now, I think. Yeah, is for sure. Really the most helpful. Okay. So the next question, and I'm curious what your answer is going to be on this one. Um, I have a hard time being flexible with my child. What can I do in the moment to deal with frustration? Uh-huh. Uh, yes. Oh gosh. Um, so first of all, <laughs> I would say, give your, go back to what we just said, <laughs> give yourself grace. Um, and you know, no one is, no one is doing a perfect job all the time. Um, I guess I would say um, tr- maybe use some of the um, some of the introspective, um, you know, think about. I guess it, more specifics would be easier to kind of focus on. So maybe do some journaling. Figure out um, are there are there patterns? Mm-hmm. Is there something specific that is triggering you? Um, because you know, like, are is it is it all the time that you're feeling you're not being flexible or is it just, um, are there certain times, are there certain triggers? And then that maybe might seem less overwhelming and Mm -hmm. maybe you could work on those specifically. Um, but also just generally, you know, um, you know, try to work, try to work on stepping away. Um, don't be afraid if you're in the moment and you are feeling like you cannot be flexible, um, and you're, and you're going to, I'm not sure if this is like, I'm going to be, flex, I can't be flexible. So I'm going to lose it or I that's struggle kind of to, what I took from this um, is like one of those times where it's like, okay. you, you yeah. know, let's say like you're, you're at a party or something and like, you're having a great time, but your kid is like starting to lose it. And you're like, okay, I have to leave. And you've had this whole plan. Like, oh my gosh, we were supposed to be at this party or, or vice versa. Or it's like, you were, you were okay. planning to go okay. and all of a sudden your kid has a meltdown and you're disappointed. You can't go like that kind of thing. That was sort of from this okay okay um yeah then I think you know then I think going back to the giving yourself grace and the and the you know in the realizing that you're doing the best you can and that you you know that is something that's out of your control um and that can feel really uncomfortable um but you but you're doing it and it's okay and you are going to get through it um, and just feel like, like learning to teach yourself kind of that self-talk in the moment to have mm-hmm. more, to have more power over this, those feelings. For sure. I think this would that be, make sense? if this is like a, a continuous problem would be a really great thing to talk about in therapy, because like you said, I feel like it is, if it's something that happens often, then you can kind of get more to the root of the problem and sort of realize like why you're struggling right. with it. Um, or even, you know, if you have like that right. support person who's just a good friend, like, and that's the person you call, we need to vent to and just be like, Oh, this happening. Cause I think sometimes, especially in situations like that, that happen like often you, you just need to like talk it out and sort of work through it. Whether that's with 
you know, your therapist, mm-hmm. your a friend, your partner, whatever. I feel like validating those feelings and being like, yeah, this sucks. Like I'm bu- really bummed out that we had to such and such again. Um, mm-hmm. And just, just letting those feelings out, I think is so important. Yeah. And it, it makes them, you know, anything that we hold inside feels can feel a lot bigger yeah. and scarier than w- once you get it out. Right. Once yeah. you get it out, it, it often doesn't feel as scary or as big, especially if you're saying it to someone who c- can validate it or can normalize it for you. And then, and then it, it feels a lot better. So absolutely. Um, and it, it, it yeah. And Obviously, I think, I think everyone should be, should go to therapy. I think it, I think it can be beneficial and a wonderful experience for anybody, but yes, if that is not something that you are interested in doing or that you, um, you know, it's not going to work for you right now, having anybody that you can talk to and vent to. And cause sometimes too, you'll be talking and it's not even until you're saying mm-hmm. something out loud that you even have the realization or that, oh, okay. That's kind of what I'm feeling. Um, so just yeah. verbally processing can well, be that's really, a really good lead too. in for our next question, which is I'd like to try therapy, but it feels really overwhelming to unpack everything with a stranger. Where's the good place to start? Uh, sure. Um, first of all, it totally makes sense. I understand that. Um, I think that reminding yourself, you know, you don't have to go in the first session or we're not going in these days, but over Zoom or on the phone um, and unload your entire life. It doesn't have to be that way. Um, And and knowing from from a behind the scenes point, you know, they should be collecting a lot of information about you where, you know, hopefully you're giving you're doing some paperwork and you're getting some of that, you know, backstory out um, right away. Um, But yeah, like, remember that really the ball should be in your court. It should be at your pace as you feel comfortable with it. And if you are feeling like it's not going that way, mm-hmm. you know, speak up and tell the therapist. And if they aren't responsive to that, get a new therapist. <laughs> but, but yeah, I, it, it can be really overwhelming, but remember, you know, just take it one session at a time. And you could just go in the first session and talk about one particular thing that in that moment is really bothering you mm-hmm. and you don't have to tell your whole backstory and that's okay. Um, you could also, you know, you could write it, write, like maybe write a letter or write it all down. Mm-hmm. Um, and you could give your therapist a letter that they could read in between sessions. You know, if it's something you want them to know about you, but it's really hard to That's talk a- about in the moment. Um, yeah. As someone clients do that like before. new mm-hmm. to therapy and I, I really, cause I, I've never even tried therapy up until, you know, a month ago or two months ago. Mm-hmm. I, I, I remember thinking that too, like, oh, yeah. like this first session, like, do I like give her my whole life story? And honestly, like, it was a little, it was a little bit like being on a first date. <laughs> like, yeah, there, there are some growing yeah, things exactly. for sure. You have to get um, to know each but other. But we just sort of, we started on like, just kind of the last couple months and sort of getting a little bit of backstory about like, just what had been going on with me lately that kind of like made me decide to take that leap and actually start therapy and it's been interesting too because then like Mm -hmm. some weeks like I remember there was maybe it was even the second session then we talked about more kind of like earlier stuff like like, yeah earlier in my life and then just recently like this past week when I talked to her we we talked about 
more kind of again like recent like kind of in the moment stuff like stuff that's been happening like day to day so Mm -hmm. I I think it's important to to think like kind of like you said you don't have to you know give them your whole life story it can kind of just be pieces it's it's really interesting to hear somebody's perspective who doesn't know you when they're when they're kind of hearing you giving these pieces and sort of what what they give back to you I feel like that for me has been really beneficial because there's a lot that I didn't necessarily realize was like important for me to talk about until like all of a sudden it comes up and I'm like oh I guess this is something I'm still thinking about Mm -hmm. like that kind of thing Mm -hmm. yeah it's that objective sounding board right like somebody who doesn't Mm -hmm. know anything but what you're giving them um and yeah yeah I think that's a really cool part of it but you're right it um you know you you kind of go in with your presenting issue and that's and that's what usually you're going to start with and um yeah it would be impossible to do someone's everything you know in the first session they often go a lot quicker than I think oh clients expect (laughs) um which is great I'm I'm always like shocked at how quickly we talk for like about an hour I'm I'm always like how quickly the hour is over yeah it's it's really interesting that's good that's well that's all our questions and I really like this is like really good stuff I I I need to do this episode for so long with you I was like it talk her into it I think you it was really like a year that. ago and you were like I don't know what I would say and I'm like no no you would be good at this and you were so I I knew that you would be um but because I think a lot of this like we said like you had said at the beginning a lot of you know in terms of like just being mindful and and these like relaxation techniques it, a lot of it is simple stuff but it's putting it yeah and it's, it's like it's daily putting practices. it into it really practice is. Yeah. that is kind of the hard part. But when you see how much you can get out of totally. it, it, it makes it worth it for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it truly, it's, it's, it, the, it really is a great analogy to physical health, right? Because when you, when you, when you start moving enough, when you start exercising enough, when you're, when you start hitting your goals physically, that can be really motivating. And it's the same with mental health. When you start to see your coping strategies work or you feel some stress reduction or some, um, you know, some distress tolerance skills working, you're like, that's amazing. And and it's, it's reinforcing to want to continue. Well, this has been wonderful as all our conversations are. Um, So thank you so much for agreeing to come on the show. Maybe we'll Oh, you're so thank welcome. You for having thank you me. for always just so being such a wonderful friend to me and our whole family. Um, you're just, it's, it, it, I really am like so lucky because you're just such a, a wonderful friend. But then I also, like you said, you don't necessarily have your professional head on with me, but you, you'll sometimes tap into it a little bit. And it really, it's, I, <laughs> I feel bad. But I don't it, try but to, I've, it I've gained so much out. from it. So no, <laughs> apparently i'm i'm nervous of the things you're gonna remember all right (laughs) thanks friend this has been great thanks for coming on the show all right bye oh thank you for having me 
For you, the listeners of Adventures in Autism podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. I often get asked for book recommendations related to autism, and one that I always go back to is called The Out of Sync Child by Carol Kranowitz, and it was actually recommended to me by a friend who is also an OT, and I read this book years ago before Logan was even diagnosed. It's not necessarily just for autism. It also goes into like sensory processing disorder or ADHD, but it's just very valuable information and a really great resource that I still pull from today, even though I read it years ago. So that's a really good one. Sometimes just to get my mind off things, I also just enjoy good old chiclet. (laughs) I love anything by Emily Giffen, like something borrowed or something blue, and those are available on Audible as well, but you can pick from any of their titles. So to download Download your free audiobook today. Go to audibletrial.com slash adventures in autism. All one word. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash adventures in autism for your free audiobook. Okay, well, I hope you enjoy listening to my conversation with Amy. It was really such a treat to get her to come on. I mean, even though I talked to her all the time, I was literally at her house yesterday. <laughs> um, it was it was nice to talk to her in that sense because again, she is not my therapist and you know, ethically, she could not be my therapist, even though she always gives me really wonderful advice and she can sometimes kind of put her therapist hat on with me. I I really was so impressed by her just professionally and listening back to this, I feel like so much of what she shared, I think is just good advice for anybody. And again, that was why I wanted to do this episode because I think, you know, mental health is something I think everyone should be conscious of and sort of you know, looking into their own mental health and what they need to do to better themselves and just grow. But I think especially for us as special needs parents, it definitely, there's just that extra layer to it. And there is a lot of stress and anxiety and it's easy to feel overwhelmed. But I think if you are, you know, implementing these, these tools, it can make it just a little bit easier. And again, I just want to say, if you are struggling and, you know, in a, in a dark place, there really is absolutely no shame in reaching out. I honestly think that taking care of your own mental health is actually a selfless thing to do because you are not going to be able to, you know, take care of your kids or be the best partner or anything if you are not, you know, at your best and feeling your best. And I literally was just saying that to my therapist today that I think, you know, I've been on this kind of self-care journey over the last year, but I've really put it into practice these last few months. And I can definitely see such a difference and feel such a difference in myself with, you know, just kind of making myself more of a priority. And my mental health has been a huge part of that for sure. So again, I'm always here if anybody needs to talk. And if you want to connect with me, you can find me on Facebook at Adventures in Autism Podcast or on Instagram at Adventures in Autism Pod. Or you can email me at Adventures in Autism 2018 at yahoo.com. I love hearing from you guys. If you have a question or feedback or if you just need someone to vent to, I'm definitely here if you are enjoying the show and you would be so kind to leave a review on Apple Podcasts, iTunes. That really helps other people to find the show and it just makes me really happy. (laughs) So that is all for today and until next time, take care. (music) 